Hello, this is Ali Segerston, and today we'll be mapping elimination diets on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix Special Nutrition Therapy Series, where we're going to dive into the approaches, practices, dietary theories, and healing foods that have been used in the most successful practices across the globe and throughout history. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. The 15-Minute Matrix is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons which highlight the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. That's the functional matrix. The functional nutrition matrix reminds us of three very important factors in our clinical care. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Ali Segerston. Ali Segerston holds a Bachelor's of Science in Nutrition from Bastyr University and a Master's of Science in Human Nutrition and Functional Medicine from the University of Western States. She is a functional nutritionist, the mother of five children, professional recipe developer, and cookbook author. She is passionate about helping others find a diet that will truly nourish them. Ali is the author of two very popular gluten-free whole foods cookbooks and guidebooks, The Whole Life Nutrition Cookbook and Nourishing Meals. She is also the co-author of The Elimination Diet Book. Her membership-based website, nourishingmeals.com, offers over 1,400 recipes with unique meal planning tools that can generate customized meals for an individual's specific dietary needs. Allie, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm so excited to speak with you. I've been following your work for as long as I can really remember, probably as soon as your work started. Thanks so much, Andrea, for having me. I'm really happy to be here today. So we're talking today, Allie, about elimination diets, and there can be so much confusion around what that means. Can you just start us out by how you define an elimination diet? Sure. There are actually many forms of an an elimination diet, but really the basis is removing a certain number of foods from your diet for a certain amount of time and then slowly reintroducing them one by one to test for a reaction to see if your symptoms return. And when we talk about the kinds of things, the kinds of foods that we're eliminating Are there common ones that you're thinking through that are top of mind? Mm -hmm. Top foods, and this is for a basic elimination diet, right? We can have different levels of an elimination diet, but a basic elimination diet will exclude all gluten and wheat products, dairy, eggs, soy, and corn. And oftentimes alcohol and caffeine are important too. And then you can get into a deeper elimination diet, which is what we have in our book, The Elimination Diet, where we eliminate those foods and then also exclude tree nuts and peanuts, beef, pork, chocolate and coffee, sesame sugar, nightshades, citrus and yeast. And this is done over a period of time and then a very slow, long reintroduction period, actually, in three different phases. 
you know, we found over time that the elimination diet is a tool. It is a very important tool. And it's one piece of the puzzle. It's not the end all be all, but it's one piece of the puzzle in resolving health issues. Yeah, there's a couple of things you said in there. It's one piece of the puzzle. I like to think of it as clearing the muddy waters. So oftentimes you have to clear the muddy waters. What's rubbing salt in the wound, so to speak? And then we also have to look internally what needs some repair or restoration that can help us. It's not just one or the other. And I think that's one place people get confused. And I also want to point out that you were talking about health issues. So we are using an elimination diet in practice clinically, not for purposes of restriction or deprivation or weight loss per se, unless that's a medical situation or there's something tied to a medical situation. There's a lot of confusion these days about even how we think of the word diet. And for those of us who use and utilize an elimination diet as a tool, it can be really confusing in the anti-diet culture terrain that we're in currently to be using dietary restriction as an element of healing. That was a lot to say, but do you have any <laughs> thoughts on how we kind of frame the use of elimination diets? Yeah, I think if we can really get across the immune response to food, if people understand that better, then they can understand that it's not a diet, that it's a healing tool to calm the immune system down. Because in a normal response to food, when you are healthy and you, you know, ingest a food protein and you respond normally to it, you're not having an excess immune reaction, you produce a lot of IgA antibodies. This is a normalizing response. But when you are reacting to a food, you're going to produce a lot of IgG antibodies and a food sensitivity reaction. And these are long lasting, right? So they're going to stick around for a while and they're going to continue this immune response. They're going to bind to macrophages and you know you're going to get an increased production of reactive oxygen species which is going to increase your production of inflammatory cytokines and those cytokines same cytokines that are involved in a bacterial and viral infection right so you can understand when you are sick with a virus and you feel really achy and you're tired and you have a headache and a fever and you're crabby those are the same immune chemicals that are released when you are responding to food in a negative way. And so when you take those foods away, eventually that response starts to calm down. And then when you reintroduce the food that you're sensitive to, all of a sudden you can have a sense that that is the food or one of the foods that's causing those horrible feelings that you're experiencing every single day and you didn't even realize until you took it out how bad you were feeling. Yeah, that was a really great description of what's happening, Allie. Thank you. Because I think there's that recognition of understanding that we're removing for a reason. There's a why behind the use of the diet. And also, there aren't that many other things that are going to get us to complete physiological restoration. We can't lean on too many other factors other than suppressing the immune system which is not a good thing, in order to do the healing that we need to do. Correct. Yeah, we need to really get these foods out. And it's a cycle because you can focus on healing the gut, but if you're not taking the foods out, 
and you're continuing that inflammatory reaction, those inflammatory cytokines can damage those tight junctions even more. So it's this continuous cycle. And so, yes, we have to focus on healing the gut and digestion and antioxidant support and nutrient replenishment. But if you're not taking the foods out at the same time, you can't ever completely heal. It's a very important functional medicine tool. It's not a diet. And really, in the long term, you really want to be including as many foods as possible in your diet. It's, we shouldn't be restricting everything. And so the goal is to include as many foods. But if you can find that one or two or three foods that your body is continuously creating an immune response to, and you can remove that immune response, you're going to feel fantastic because you're not like in this chronic state of an infection per se, as that's what the immune response is similar to. Yeah. And when you talk about an immune response, it can go in myriad directions. Isn't that right? It could be an allergy or some kind of outbreak that we're seeing externally, but there can also be sort of that hidden inflammation that we can't label or we are labeling as some sort of autoimmune condition, which is also related to those IgG antibodies. So how do you explain that in the book that we'll link in the show notes? How do you explain to people more about that? Why, if they're not relating it to something digestively? Well, I think just explaining the immune response to people is a simple way to help them understand, you know, all foods contain proteins. These proteins cross the epithelium during the digestive process. And your immune system has to either say, this is okay, or this is not okay, right? Just like it needs to do for bacteria. And so once your body creates a response to an antigen, you start that cascade of symptoms. And so it's just really about removing and at the same time, replenishing with nutrients and then slowly reintroducing to see if you're reacting to that. And so we explain that in the Elimination Diet book. It's very simply written so people can understand it. We've had a lot of great feedback in the book that it's very easy to understand. Awesome. I think it's a, such a great tool for any functional medicine or functional nutrition professional. What are the symptoms that we might see that would make us think this is an opportunity to use this tool? Well, any symptom related to chronic inflammation, so joint pain, headaches, brain fog, sluggishness, extreme fatigue, chronic fatigue, and then, you know, digestive symptoms like IBS symptoms can be related to different foods beyond, you know, high FODMAP foods, you might be reacting to pork per se, and that might be causing some IBS symptoms, stomach pains, headaches. Yeah. Yeah. Anything inflammatory, anything, anything <laughs> inflammatory, but really there's so many different symptoms, uh, skin conditions, eczema, atopy, you know, there's really the list goes on forever. And we have a long list in the book. I have it listed on both of our websites. And so there's quite a long list of symptoms that can be related to food reactions. 
That's really important for us to identify. And it goes back to that concept I was talking about of clearing the muddy waters. It's hard to know what's going on until we're not rubbing salt in the wound. If we can't see clearly as practitioners, it's hard to even know what's food-related and what's not, what we could address through diet and lifestyle modification. Ali, I want to talk to you about the how-to because- Like I said, I've been following your work for so long. I found my way to you and your recipes when my husband was alive and we were working with dietary changes to help keep him alive because of his brain cancer. And there wasn't much available. This is over 20 years ago. (laughs) There wasn't much available and you were doing this work then in the realm of recipes, how do we remove sugar? How do we not feel deprived? So can you walk us through your approach to the how to do the removal, not feel like we're restricted or deprived, and then we can maybe even get into reintroduction? Yeah, of course. I think the thing to realize and the most important piece of the elimination diet and how we approach the elimination diet is that it is not a deprivation diet, that we are focusing so much on replenishing with nourishing nutrient-dense foods. That is such an important concept. This is not just about eliminating everything. But in the process of eliminating everything, you're going to need to replace those foods that you're missing, right, with other foods. And so I have created hundreds of recipes for this phase of the elimination diet, the elimination phase that are extremely nutrient dense. You know, you can eat chicken, you can eat turkey and fish, certain species of fish, and lots of different vegetables and fruits and some whole grains and legumes. And of course, sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds. So the diet is very nutrient dense. And I have a lot of different recipes I've created that are really delicious and nourishing. So you really just don't have to feel deprived ever. And it's about retraining your taste buds to sort of, you know, get reacquainted with foods that you might not be accustomed to eating. And so this is going to be wonderful for helping to feed those beneficial bacteria in your gut to calming down inflammation. So it's a fun process. Yeah, I love how you're talking about it too, Allie. It's not just about elimination and reintroduction. It's about elimination and introduction. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, replenishment. Yes, introduction of a lot of nourishing foods that you're just, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in what we do every day, the foods we're addicted to or the foods that we're accustomed to eating. And then what happens when you take that all out? You have to replace those foods with something else. So it's just about retraining our taste buds. It's about retraining our kitchen skills. It's a process that is extremely valuable that I think everybody benefits going through at least once. Yeah, I remember in the days when I used to lead detoxes and cleanses, and they were always about whole foods introductions, right? And people would be fearful going in, and then they'd 
come back and say, I just went to the grocery store and filled my cart with all these things I never filled it with before. And there was enthusiasm and the recipes, your recipes are so good. So I think that we have to hold people through their fear. And sometimes we have to go more slowly than others. Is that something you found to be true? Yes, absolutely. And some people definitely, you know, need some time to get accustomed to cooking different foods. So sometimes it can be helpful to just begin by cutting out a few different foods in the beginning and start, you know, upgrading your kitchen and your cooking skills. But then also for the elimination diet, sometimes it does take people longer to feel better. And this is just because we have that immune response maybe really well programmed and it takes a long time for those immune chemicals and those antibodies to go away. And so we recommend that people don't start reintroducing foods until they feel better. And so this might be a few weeks and it might be actually a few months or more. It might be potentially six months or more. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier with the fact that it's one piece of the puzzle. And if we remove foods and we're not feeling better, then we likely need some other help. There's likely some deeper healing that needs to occur. And this is the opposite end of the spectrum that I'm sure you've seen too, Allie, where people keep removing foods In our clinic, we see people coming to us who are eating three foods, and that's not nutrient density and is going to initiate other responses in the body due to deficiencies. Exactly. I have seen that actually quite a bit. And yes, we get people eating only a couple of foods because the other systems aren't being supported, whether that's detox or digestion or stress removal or vagus nerve stimulation to, you know, help with digestion. So there's a lot of other pieces. And I think it's really important to work with a functional medicine practitioner. I mean, this is a definitely a step to take on your own, you can do the elimination diet. But if you're not feeling better, within a few weeks, or even a few months, then it's very important to start looking at all the other pieces of the puzzle that are maybe not being addressed. Yeah. Luckily, we're training an army of functional nutrition counselors who can hopefully do both pieces of the puzzle and be relying on those medical practitioners when needed as well, working in partnership. So we talked about removal and introduction of new things, variance in time. Are there things that people might be experienced when they remove these addictive and inflammatory foods? Yeah, you can have some very strong cravings when you are removing a food that you are addicted to for those foods. And it can be really difficult. You have to really have a plan and have that strong will to stick with it. I remember for myself, like I think I was maybe 21 when I first did my first elimination type diet and I removed gluten and dairy. And I remember the cravings for pizza were unbelievable. I never experienced a craving like that. And so I I understand that. And it is an addiction. And once you get through that hump, then it's a lot easier. And so you just have to keep focusing on those nutrient-dense elimination diet foods during that time. And really know your why. Like, why are you doing this? I mean, anything that takes any bit of effort when we're deeper in our purpose for doing it, that's what drives us forward. Otherwise, 
we're constantly going to trip and fall. And this isn't about perfection. This is about healing. Right. And I think that is a very important piece to help remember when you're going through the elimination diet is to remember that why, why am I doing this and what's happening in my body at the same time. We have an episode on autoimmune paleo reintroductions, and we'll link to that in the show notes. But I'm wondering if you have any particular thoughts or experiences with the reintroduction phase that you can share with us. Uh, yeah. So as people start reintroducing foods, you know, they might feel totally fine with, with a food and they get really excited because it's one more thing they can have in their diet, right? And then you might get to a point where you start reintroducing a food and one day you have a reaction to it and another day you don't. So, you know, what's happening there? Why is that? And it might be something related to, let's say, histamine release, like with tomatoes, because we do reintroduce nightshades and we do recommend occasionally that some people reintroduce these separately. So potatoes during one phase and tomatoes and peppers and so on. And so somebody could reintroduce tomatoes and one day be totally fine. And the next day, the tomatoes could trigger migraines or headaches. And this could be related to just having their histamine buckets slowly fill up. And so that could be that, and it might not be the antigen in the tomato itself. So I think that's important. And I don't think we really got into that in the book as much as we should have, but that is something to consider with certain foods. And then there are other foods that could be contributing to IBS symptoms that we don't always take out in the book, like high FODMAP foods. So that's something to consider. When we reintroduce gluten, actually, we reintroduce gluten in a way to minimize the fructan reaction if somebody's reacting to the fructans in a wheat or rye or barley, and potentially the wheat proteins as a separate reaction. So we actually introduce gluten by using sourdough rye. So that is the purpose of that to minimize the wheat antigen reaction and the fructan reaction. So the sourdough helps to break down some of those excess fructans, the sourdough process, and then of course using rye instead of wheat. Yeah, so much in there. I mean, one thing that I'm thinking, Allie, is, you know, when we see those histamine responses or we're not getting to the resolution of symptoms again, like what's going on, the histamine bring us back to the gut, the intolerances bring us back to the gut. Like, what do we need to be thinking about there? And as a clinician, I find an elimination diet an opportunity to see more clues of where I need to direct my attention. And in that way, it's such a superb tool, better for me than any diagnostic testing because it's revealed in the signs and symptoms that the patient is experiencing. That's a great way to put it. I appreciate that. So we will, again, link to your website and to the book in the show notes. I'm wondering if there's anything that you've seen in functional medicine and functional nutrition circles that we're getting all wrong about elimination diets. For me, it would be speed. I think some practitioners go too fast for the individual and their ability to adapt, but I'm wondering what you see and what you've seen over the years. 
Yeah, I think speed is definitely one aspect and adapting the length of the diet depending on the patient's needs. So that's one aspect. Another aspect is not addressing digestion as much as it should be addressed. And in the book, we do address that quite a bit. So looking at stomach acid, digestive enzyme support, these are really, really important aspects because if you are not breaking down your food, you're going to have larger food antigens to present to the immune system. And so this is such a critical piece of the elimination diet. We really need to be removing foods, but at the same time supporting that entire digestive process. Yeah, so important, Allie. I love this conversation. <laughs> it's such an important one. I know it's going to be really beneficial to all the students in full body systems, but so many practitioners around the globe. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. The 15-Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio, and special thanks to Natalie Merrill, Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, and Rowan Bradley for their support in making the 15-Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our full body systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10-month immersion course where you'll learn the systems-based approach to addressing the root causes of your clients' issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com. <laughs>